we're both enormous Blade Runner fans, being dorks. You, you know, you know. I'm going to assume that the people who are listening to this this long after it has come out are hardcore Blade Runner fans, and I'm going to tell them that they're in the right place. It was very bizarre for me. A lot of people, most people, love this movie, and I don't hate this movie, but I think the things that people say about it make me feel very left out in the cold and very alienated. I think that, like, considering the... Like, I, I guess we could say unequivocal, like, uh, or sort of, like, uncontested praise this gets... Had yeah. quite a few issues with it, and it's sort of like one of the one of those ones where you're just like, oh, I wonder, I don't, I wonder if everyone's seeing the same thing that I am here. I agree, I don't hate it. In fact, points parts of it I really quite like. But yeah, I just yeah. think that we have quite a, a dissonant opinion from the from the mainstream. Yeah, I really didn't see much disdain towards this. There were a couple of ones. Or I remember Forbes gave it a pretty bad review. Remember the guard? Right. The Guardian didn't like it because it hates women. I, yeah. I remember that actually because Rachel came back as a young woman. And that was sexism. The, the fact that the AI and the, the, you know, they were they were rallying against the majority of the female characters being robots. It's like, well, yeah, but everyone, you know, uh, it's just some bullshit. Yes, um, indeed. It's not like there's a larger point being made with that about the sex trade and capitalism. But no, don't worry, The Guardian, you were totally right. It was the movie that was at fault. Yep, yeah, it wasn't trying to make it. Any, any point it was trying to make is sacrificed on the altar <laughs> of whatever you deem to be problematic that month. This film is Villeneuve. The world, well, I was about to say before the world realised he's a hack, but the world still hasn't realised he's a hack, so I guess we're in that era still. We both agree that he's a hack, but we agree he's hacks for different movies, I, I believe. I know, I know that you're really against Arrival, because you feel like it's a bit of a, I think this is a fair assessment of what you've said, but uh, a poor man's copy of Slaughterhouse Five, whereas I quite like Arrival, but what I really hate is Prisoners. I think Prisoners is just a bullshit movie with a completely all over the place theme that was clearly assembled to my mind by someone pretending to have substance and yeah yeah like you said he's just sort of like gone from lackluster project to lackluster project and accrued more fame um and again like i said you know much like blade runner 2049 like not all of them completely lack merit i mean sicario i guess <laughs> and hey i'm still gonna go and watch dune so i guess something he must be doing something but Oh yeah, and I, I feel that I feel that he's probably good hands for Dune. I just, but it doesn't necessarily mean. That. I think that the problem is, is maybe we're a bit older, but you know, it's like a Nolan thing again. And I love Nolan. I don't think he's perfect, but I really like him. But I think the problem with Villeneuve is I think that he has an allure to the Empire Magazine reading A level film study student, of which I was I was a member of that group for a long time, who think he's a lot better than he is. And it doesn't mean he's bad, but it does mean that, you know, for us, I think it's fair to conclude that at times he's hacking. There's nothing wrong with hacking, but it is annoying when people aren't pointing out en masse that, you know, you're a you're a hit-and-miss guy. Yeah, it right? just, just makes you feel a little crazy when everyone's marching to the drumbeat, right? Blade Runner 2049, a sequel to acclaimed Blade Runner. I mean, I think, obviously, didn't do that well in its time, but has long since outlasted its critics at this point mantle taken up again this is one one series that harrison ford actually doesn't mind being in unlike star wars in fact he's even willing to do a third one but uh, the fact that not only does ford want to be in it again but he's happy to be in it a third time the thing about blade runner 2049 is it made me think that not only did i have a different opinion to everyone on 2049 including harrison ford but i think i have a different opinion it made me feel like i had a different opinion to blade runner than everyone, even though we'd be having we'd be having the same conversation that everyone else is supposedly having, but the things that I liked about Blade Runner One made me actually at points strongly disagree with the themes of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. However, what other people said that they really liked about the first one, they said it only lifted up and 
accentuated their enjoyment of Blade Runner 2049. And that was just weird. There's a certain point where, like, you and someone else like something. Like, say, person A and person B like something. And then, mm. like, at a certain point, you'll realise that you like it for completely different reasons. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, while you can watch Blade Runner with someone else and you can both think that was sick, like, it can turn out that they liked it for what, in your opinion, is some pretty shit reasons. Uh, and that's, yeah, that is that is un- unfortunate. But, it, you know, much like with Game of Thrones, like, there was, a, you know, everyone said there was a steep drop-off in season 5-6. Some people yeah. continue to fucking love it. So, like, you know, you, you, you can march in rhythm, but it's only when something else comes out, uh, opinions can start, you can start to analyze why one set of people enjoyed it and another set of people enjoyed it and i quite like that i think it's fascinating but yeah yeah it does really make you realize that people are dumbasses it was it was worth learning i think that for some people i thought maybe maybe i'll be as kind as possible for some people i just thought you clearly liked the movie in a different way to me and i respect that for some people even some of like the legacy critics such as and we will drop mark kermode's name in here it did make me think i'm not entirely sure based on his analysis that and i humbly assert this even though it sounds really really arrogant i'm not entirely sure he actually gets what's good about blade runner if he thinks that blade runner 2049 is this good especially with mark commode who is a man yes. I used to greatly respect, who made a documentary on Blade Runner. On Blade Runner, uh, yeah. and yet And yet somehow managed to be the man who sings along and knows not what it means about something that he's invested so much time in. And I'll go into that more in the second half of this review, but, I mean, if it's okay with you, I'd like to ask you, let's go in with the positives. Tell me what you really like about Blade Runner 2049. I really love Ryan Gosling. I love Ryan Gosling and everything he's in. Always. I love I love Ryan Gosling and La La Land. Uh, I like <laughs> and that's like that's and that's like it was the word, a sordid admission for me. So I love and again this is spoilers because I don't think I can talk about this film properly without it. So if for some reason you've got this far into it about having watched 2049, go ahead and watch it. I guess there's nothing to lose except three hours of your life, which you're only going to piss away on keeping up with the Kardashians anyway exactly. or pornography. So. Don't worry about it. So the the river, the water fight at the end, I thought that was great. Seawall. Really like I really like most of the Las Vegas stuff. I think uh, mm. that's largely a, a high point for the film. And I like his psych evaluations. I like that he does some actual detective work. Yeah, no, I think I'm running. I think I'm running blank. So go on. What about you? No, no, no. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to pick up the baton here because I think that it sounds like there's very little. But so I've seen this movie three times. I saw it twice in the cinema because I'm a maniac, Shit. and I saw it. I saw <laughs> I it once with that. you, and I was really confused when I left because uh, I you know me I doubt myself and I was like I didn't love that and I need to know again picking up on what you were saying it's difficult to sound really positive but the things that Aaron brought up were also my favorite things about it specifically the the Las Vegas scene and when you just say the Las Vegas sequence it sounds very petty but actually it's it's so vibrant I mean it open you know when he's walking through the desolate climate change just unlivable atmosphere he sees the bees there's the broken statues all of the his interaction with Deckard, you know, the broken Frank Sinatra hologram record. It's just, it's so atmospheric. It's it's fantastic, and it, it, they didn't do that by mistake. I think it's really good. I love the cinematography in the movie. I'm actually not a massive fan of his kind of police captain, but I do like his psych evaluation sessions. And then also, and I think you'll agree with me on this, but I, I really like his relationship with Joy, who's, you know, you're never really sure if Joy is just a piece of AI meant to serve a male 
gaze, be it android or living, or if there's something going on there where she is actually experiencing a developing emotional connection with Joe, Ryan Gosling's character. Here, I like I like the the ambiguity of that, and I think that does serve what Blade Runner was going for in a way that much of the film. And again, I think that's yeah, like you said, I guess what we've named does take up a fair portion of time, but it just is given such little importance compared to what the movie deems to be important. And yes. So it's yeah, it's hard to look back on it and be like, yeah, well that stuff was really good because yeah, the rest of it just it just gets overpowered. I enjoy the what the wider context is something that I find quite disagreeable, but I enjoy Ryan Gosling Joe's arc as a character in that he kind of he he goes through this situation where he thinks he's a chosen one, as it were, realizes he's not, and I I like that. However, the wider implications for the story and the context in which that happens are actually the thing that I find worst about Blade Runner 2049, and I guess that it may even be time to jump into what we don't like about it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's talk about Wallace. Let's talk about Two Bit Terrell. So I really like one thing about Wallace, um, yes, and and I and that is that he he sees the world through computers. It really syncs up with the Blade Runner message, if there is, you know, or the Blade Runner themes, I guess you'd call them. They're not really messages. I don't think Ridley Scott is capable of. <laughs> message something as coherent as a message indeed the rest of him is a bit weird Jared Leto is certainly not giving his worst performance which as we all know resides in Suicide Squad but there is something really forced and terrible about it and I feel like he was trying to sort of like blend the Tyrell and Rutger Hauer character in how he came across like he was trying to be sort of like the the premiere performance piece like he goes on a bunch of either rants or that just yes. don't stick with me because they're so asinine i would say completely unconnected to the conversations that he's actually having in the scene yeah don't don't really the plot don't no one no, yeah. not completely unprompted as well most of the time like because yes. he only ever really talks to his android and <laughs> deckard he could he could have been a, a good a great like antagonist slash you know like a man with an actual goal that would improve humanity and he just doesn't really affect any as far as i can tell like i think that the thing that disassociates wallace from the story the most for me and i you know maybe maybe i even rate his performance slightly higher than you do because i agree that it is quite try hard but i also think that there's kind of something positive in there but all of that is just completely subtracted from by his motivation is logistically flawed in a way that i find i'm serious like like wholly unacceptable and not not just a little bit i'm not just being a nitpicker because i'm always on this is the thing by the way I'm always on the side of the movie that I'm watching I genuinely am because I want to enjoy myself and I definitely wanted to like the sequel to Blade Runner but the fact that this didn't form the main part of people's criticism of this movie it just really really pisses me off and it's that Wallace is motivated by the fact that he says he's built all of these replicants and he's on eight worlds I think he says eight worlds possibly even nine mm -hmm. and he's got them working on slave colonies but to realise his vision as a universal emperor, he needs a certain number of replicants that he could never manufacture with the materials that he has to hand. And that's why he needs replicants that can give birth to people. Now, two things. I'll work backwards. Firstly, the giving birth part is like lead links into the themes that I find the most objectionable. But then also, I just can't believe that he could build this army of robots and have them on sale on the market and not be able to make enough of them. If he's on eight worlds or nine worlds, like I just don't understand where the uh, where the exhaustible resources are in this equation. And it, the movie never makes that clear to me. And I hold that 
that against it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the shittest motivation imaginable. I mean, I think I got my. In terms of completing Blade Runner's themes, I think his motivation should have always been to cement his godhood. It's enough to make things, but when the things make things, then you're a deity. Like I, and I think that that if that had been his motivation, it would have a made him like a lot. You know, it would have given him something to rant about if he'd been saying worthwhile things. If I can just imagine him speaking and like having the weird robot eyes and him saying things <laughs> of substance, then I guess it might have been good. And so I guess if I heard him was hearing him rant about how he wanted to be the god of a civilization and you can't have a civilization that comes back to you for creation. Reproductive rights under his control, under his purview. Yeah, like he yeah. wants to be wants to be some sort of robot emperor. That's fine. Yeah, it had to be philosophical because it just being a pure logistics thing is like, well, that means nothing to me. And also I don't entirely believe that that's the case. I see what I think the flaw in it is. I think that you found a, a replacement. Uh, who who is he? What he just really, really, really wants to cover more space. To hit his quotas? Is that is that what is that is that <laughs> what the the end goal of the Blade Runner? You know, if this is the end of the Blade Runner franchise, is that a man trying to hit his quotas? Like or exactly. trying to trying to hit net growth in the third quarter? Like uh, who, who gives a shit? <laughs> when he when he already controls the weather, and you know he, and he controls more planets the weather than any man. <laughs> Indeed, and I think that you know Blade Runner One, whatever people think about it, and I'm actually. I love of it but i'm really compelled by some of the latter day criticism of blade runner one i find it quite enriching but what's great to me about that movie and i think to you as well it's a very small story with very large implications it's a detective tracking someone down story but the actual ripples of the pebble that is roy batty are just endless they're just endless it's it's fantastic whereas this seems to it almost ripples in reverse it makes the world feel you know it's a broader story that makes the world feel by margin smaller blade runner one because not only is it like the implications for the world but just like the the way you subtly learn things about the world the way that san angeles or whatever it's called has like the sort of the weird like proto-hungarian language being spoken on the streets like i love that clearly the soviet union and like uh some sort of japanese hegemony exists in the world Mm. like there's so many like tasty little glimpses of what could might be or what is but it doesn't matter because like you said it's a very small story but you it just it allows you to endlessly think about it like you know and like from the moment i first watched that film from the moment like i saw characters like gaff and roy batty uh, and even terrell who based by comparison are minor and slightly pathetic they were so fascinating and real to me that like i i wanted more stories about them and this was another story about their world and it just was resoundingly disappointing <laughs> i really like the go to the moon colony aspect of it because you know you could only go to the moon colony if you were in the by the standard of the characters in blade runner genetically perfect and that's why you know Terrell wasn't on the moon colony because and he has his glasses he's got giant glasses he's, he's got fucked up vision and so he creates you know he creates these machines but not even in his own image they're kind of an idealized version of man or humankind mm-hmm. you know better than him and that's what he wants it to be but then you know it comes crashing down the, the light that burns twice as bright shines for half as long as he says and just yeah an amazing confluence of very basic plot points and wider theme and i think that that's missing from blade runner 2049 Massively, yeah, and I think yeah, uh, Terrell, for all his lack of prevaricating compared to compared to Wallace, yes, is infinitely yeah. more engaging. Part, partly because of his vulnerability, and and, uh, he, and again, they have the eye thing going on there as well. Like it, yeah. it all comes back to eyes. It works so much better, and I don't really know. I don't think you could have done this film with another Rutger Hauer s character. 
I think it was. No. I think it was good to split it up between Ryan Gosling and Wallace, and I guess even maybe slightly Deckard. But yeah, that that is always going to elevate that film to me above above and beyond what this could ever be. And I think you, you know, responding to what you said there, I'll grant Blade Runner twenty forty nine that as a big thumbs up. You know, they made the right decision. Even though I, I'm not a massive fan of the finished product, I think they made the right decision by not trying to invoke Roy Batty. That's true. It needed to be about something else. But the 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 problem for me is not. The movie opens and he goes to see Dave Batista. Uh, yeah, he's an android. He's hunting an android. And before he fucking plugs Dave Batista, he's just like, you know, you you don't know what a miracle is. And I'm like, that's really interesting. What is that? takes him down and later obviously the whole thing is that is it rachel i think it's rachel is buried out in by the dead tree yep mm-hmm. but rachel gave birth and rachel was a replicant and this whole plot thread runs throughout the movie it's like this better than a virgin birth actually it's more kind of like inseminated but into a almost like fucking jizzing on the soil and for some reason something grows the yeah no the the entire kind of replicant population has organized itself around this rebellion where they've decided that their worth is determined and like now they need to assume their place in society because one of them has given birth and that's what's miraculous about the replicants and that's what they need to assume their place in society and even even the police officer she says the the world is built on a wall if you say that there's not a wall then there's chaos and the implication i think and please challenge me if you don't think that's the case but the implication is that some of these people are machines and the other ones are you know childbearing humans mm-hmm. and i just find i just find all of this ridiculous and i'll go into it a lot more but i want to hear what you have to think about that because that's the driving force of the movie yep and that's what i disagree with the most much like wallace it's just sort of like a real misfire on the other because yeah like i said we have like the i guess you'd call him quote unquote the bad guy's side but again like i think love is more of a bad guy than he is and her motivation is even more vague and ridiculous in terms of like quote unquote the good guys or the the protagonists like yeah we have ryan gosling who really just wants to know the truth and that's fine but yeah then as soon as he's introduced to the wider world it's full of people who don't really make sense (laughs) and there's loads of them as well in this there's um even down to the woman the the memory woman i i don't really think she makes sense i don't think daughter yeah I don't think the orf- yeah. the orphanage or like the weird workshop orphanage tender guy he doesn't make sense and like neither. you know what, you know what that felt like to me I just want to jump this in here that felt like a laundromat moment to me and it did when I was in the cinema and it did the second and third time you know it's like the the orphan and they're being like slave driven by some cruel older man and that's just like a scene and then it's over and I was like okay why. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's good, and we should definitely coin the phrase a laundromat moment. That is Done. exactly what it was. Done. It's just some sort of like ridiculous piece of like, oh, isn't aren't labor camps terrible, or isn't you know, isn't <laughs> child labor terrible? It's like, yes, movie, thank you. <laughs> like Indeed. the amount of like weird and horrible stuff that's going on in Blade Runner, and they're like, oh, they take it's like, let's take a moment to focus on the the child slavery here. It's like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> People can't breathe the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I already no. and that did, again, these things are going on. That didn't, yeah, that didn't enrich the world. Like that didn't make me want to know more i was like oh look some child labor <laughs> that's actually a really good example of things this movie does really poorly because in if that that, that same thing in blade runner the original would have been like a, like that strange glimpse when he walks down like the little chinatown street all sorts of weird and amazing signs that you've never seen before and there are weird and amazing signs you've never seen before in this one but they're just trying to sell you stuff and there's yeah. like one mention of the soviet union and like one mention of Hanam. The soviet union thing was so obscure that in two viewings of the movie i never picked up on it until you you, I, I queried it with you 
and you were like, yeah, that's what's going on there. I was like, oh, interesting. But you're right. The, the whole world and the whole expanded world felt very pedestrian. Like it just felt, it just felt yeah. like our world again. And that's the thing. Blade Runner didn't two, two dimensional because it should have been shocking. Like you know, it should have been amazing. Like because the, the you know, I, I still get a reaction when I look at Blade Runner one and like the the surroundings. And the only time mm. I really got that in Blade Runner twenty forty nine was the seawall, and that's yes. like the most sparse shot there is. If the opening title crawl hadn't mentioned that Wallace had grown, you know, to be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire because of climate change, I wouldn't have really noticed other than maybe in the Vegas scene, the climate change aspects of the movie. And I think that's a weakness for it because it's like, there's a seawall. Okay. I know that we're in the future. There's been some kind of, there were weather-based catastrophes all the time. But, you know, if this was Blade Runner 1, there'd be more, oh, we can't do this because, oh, Joe, what are you doing? You can't go outside because the weather's like this, you know? Oh, oh obviously you need this special breather when you go outside. But it, ju it just felt like Blade Runner 1, it was raining, and then later there was a seawall, and obviously Vegas was completely desolate. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't yeah. joined up. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. It was, it was all over the place. Yeah, what, what it delivers is just completely thematically incoherent. It has no real payoff. It doesn't even really have a, a setup like the most engaging part of the setup is the fake out about ryan gosling because you're actually invested yes. in ryan gosling as a character and after, yeah, after the that the character arc yeah after that it just doesn't it doesn't make any odds to me i don't even really care about like decker being involved with it because it seems so alien to him and his character he wasn't i, I mean i I, lo I loved his his introduction i thought that was amazingly well handled considering i really don't when i look at the whole picture i don't really recognize him as being the grown-up version of the man who was in blade runner one and I think that this this leads into the sum total of what I have to say about this movie and it's just what you know you said it was thematically incoherent the reason everybody bummed this movie so much is because they seemed to think it was thematically really marvellous and grandiose and had deep just staggeringly hard-hitting, I don't even know, things to say about the human condition. All the things that we feel about Blade Runner whatever your setbacks about Blade Runner may be Tears in the Rain all of those, but you know, he he he's a he's an android. He confronts death the way we all confront death, and he doesn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But people people act like this had that. But for me, it didn't have any of it at all, and it rested completely on this whole oh the the replicants are like us, and really, it it basically its its thrust was that the meaning of life was the bearing of children. That's that's what I felt like it was going for, or that someone's worth is determined by their ability to reproduce. And that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say. No, yeah, well, that's what right. the movie was telling me. No, definitely, and it had nothing. It had nothing to offer remotely as like not even profound because obviously like, profundity can be argued over, but like as yes. remotely engaging as Roy Batty and Deckard. Like I mean, there's just yeah, there's there's no real like love of life or reflection on on life. Like it's no. just it's just the desire to have children, and for some reason that equaling liberation because already sentient like and sentience is yeah. a, is a much more interesting concept. They had they had like such a uh, you know, such an interesting set of themes to go with, and they just focused on the most weird and pointless. Uh, not pointless is the wrong word. Just yeah, like the most ill-fitting and sloppy one, and they didn't see even see it through correctly. So it like doubles, you know, doubles down on the failure from there. I think it's very telling that the old guard and the old guard that we do have sporadic respect for, sometimes really deeply rooted respect, but the the old guard film critics 
like Mark Kermode and people like that who really enjoy it. And I actually, I met some parents of friends who really liked this movie as well. And the thing that they all had in common was, and I, I think this is it, is that I think it's just that they emotionally connect, connect too much with the subject of having children. And trust me, like if I had a kid, I definitely think it was the trippiest and most profound thing ever. But the thing is, is when you're outside of that, you do actually, I think, have a more broad and greater respect for life than the duplication or the multiplication of life. And... You know, Roy Batty was, you know, the great absurd hero and one of the best. I can't even say he's villains. Like, in a, in a way, he was one of the best, like, film heroes. Simply because he was something who we considered to be inanimate and mechanic. But he expressed a genuine desire to live in a very, very simple way. And all that was is that he wanted to avoid death at all costs. Because yep. he was young, you know, he was a couple of years old, What between like, what, like three and ten years old, he wanted more life, he was super powerful, he appreciated music, he loved music, he didn't want to leave, that's all you need, like, I, and, but he, the beauty was that he couldn't escape this, and he went through what we all need to go through, and died, and said, he was like, well... I'm going out now, and you won't believe how valuable my life has been, but it will be erased, and it will be like it never happened. And that that is the meaning of fucking life, if anything, portrayed on film. Not, oh, this robot had a baby. <laughs> Ain't yeah. that cool? And therefore, the revolution can begin, because now we can have yeah. children. It's like, does your <laughs> own servitude mean nothing to you? <laughs> like, are you perfectly happy to work in the mines, lest you can have children? <laughs> Completely rubbed against human nature in the wrong way. But yeah, like you said, I guess clearly I guess clearly for some people, and maybe specifically for parents, like, it really resonated. But yeah, definitely. Like, again, this com comes back to what we said at the beginning, like, People like things for for different reasons, and and mm. it's only when think you know it's only when something like this happens that you realise that they've been liking it for completely <laughs> well, not the wrong reasons because again it's their own reasons but yeah that you just that it's time to diverge points. But then again I I yeah while I can excuse them that I can never excuse them some of the other things and like I said I think the uh, the other one for me really is is Gaff. I I really hate what this film does to my beloved Edward James Almos. I'd just love to, I'd love to clarify here, Aaron, like, Gaff is Aaron's waifu for laifu, he's the husbando, like, he loves Gaff so much, and I think we all really like Gaff, Blade Runner 1 fans, but fucking hell, it's just, he goes in. He's just a, a magnificent character who, no matter what cut he's in, evokes sort of awe and fear and suspicion. You are right. And he, he he's just wonderful, and he's such an engaging screen presence. He he makes the world feel eerie, and like that <laughs> neo-noir, like, like you've got no idea what he is or how he plays into anything, and this film answers that. And you know how he said he didn't want to like ruin any aspect of Blade Runner 1? Well, he ruined this well, one Well, he did. Because yeah, now he's he just did. an old bastard who made some origami. Now he's just a, basically a pervert. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and again, I think that is... Uh, I'm not even sure that's a lack of respect, but I think that is just sort of indicative of this this strange lack of understanding of, of Blade mm. Runner 1 that I think Villeneuve had. Or, again, like I, I, maybe lack of understanding is, again, too harsh. It, like, such a different interpretation that he, he lost me and he clearly lost you as well. So I think it's a bad movie. That's the point. I think it's put together really well. I think a lot of people in it post decent performances. And I would never say that it's... 
it, it delivers the punch that it aims for. It hits its target. I just think that its target is ridiculous and some of the... I will say, yeah, some of the minor characters seem completely pointless to me. I will say about Gaff, though, you're so fucking on point with that because Gaff, in this, it's just like, oh, it's Gaff, he's in an old person's home. He's just kind of like an old cop, cop guy. But you're right, like, you never really know in Blade Runner. You never really know what Gaff was up for. You didn't know if he was on Deckard's side. You didn't know if he was handling Deckard. Uh, you know, it, it's yeah. too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? He's got the Pegasus in some of the cuts. Like you're, you're right. He's it got, he's, he's got everything. And yeah, he, he, he might be the the key to it all. Yeah, he could. Just, you know, he's like like the weird ass Mark Ruffalo <laughs> character in Shutter Island. Like you got no idea yeah. what role he's playing in this. There's, there's like again like infinite possibilities. Like uh, and then trimmed down in in a scene to one, which is that he's just an old guy and that they were partners and they didn't overly like each other. And so they just stayed out of each other's way. And now he's an arthritic man in a old person's home. It's like, I can great. see why you're so offended. Yeah. Great. Like, that's the actual worst thing you could do. Like, I prefer the <laughs> fucking Blade Runner sequel novel, the novelization sequel to the film, which just has him murdered and Deckard then investigates the murder. Because, fuck, at least that keeps him mysterious. Like, just, yeah, yeah. just kill him. If, you, if that's what, if that's what you're going to do to him. I, I enjoyed that immensely, though. Yeah, like I said, I think it's good that we talked about this because it indicated it. Because there's, yeah, like I said, there's a lot to say that people just haven't really said. And I think if they are going to do a third one, again, more and more fucking people from this keep saying that they want not not least of all ridley scott wants to make the third one so i mean we're gonna have to kill him before he gets the chance to unfortunately yeah famously understands what's great about his own his own properties you know as we've seen with all these alien sequels yeah a man really good at guarding the legacy of any given thing that he's touched this is mine to fuck up how dare you he, bunch God, of shit God. that we didn't want to see God help yeah. us. yeah no I, I think i'll i'll throw one more thing in here i'm just gonna close it off i don't think it's worth elaborating on but on the subject of Villeneuve not really understanding what he was doing he said in all of the press that he wasn't going to address the question of whether or not Deckard was a replicant because he thought that it didn't matter and he didn't want to touch that I really respect that in theory in this movie Deckard is living in an area of the world where we are shown normal human beings cannot withstand the climate and even breathe in it there's I don't I don't get it it's it's like Joe can be there because he's a replicant but you can see that the atmosphere is fucked it's baking in heat you'd be breathing mist and when the bad guys show up the ones who aren't replicants have breathing masks on. So, what the fuck were you talking about, Villeneuve? Well, do you, so fuck. I was thinking about this. Do you think that that is then a like continuity issue if he if he did go out of his way to make sure that it wasn't? Because yeah, because I, I can ima fully imagine like the costume department being like, well, of course these two faceless grunts would have masks on. And, you know, they're like, well, the main characters can't have masks on, otherwise we couldn't see their face. They couldn't do the acting. But that's that's a really good point that you've raised, because I'm happy to concede that that's actually why that is that way. But the point is that Villeneuve purports himself oh, to be yeah. and is praised by... No, because I, I hadn't thought of that sort of direction on it until you said but yeah he purports himself to be and is praised as a auteur an auteur who would notice something like that and he kind of he acted as though the movie is deliberately ambiguous on that but you know if he'd watched his own movie properly in the edit and really cared as much as i think he said he did i don't think that would have made it through no, there you go no yeah yeah people are like oh he's so you know everything's so carefully crafted and i was like this yeah, this film's not fuck off this film like you know people claim that like blade runner one is like meandering like uh, this film like say what you want about me uh, blade runner it never really meanders in terms of like 
theme or in terms of like its journey it Indeed. might it might meander in terms of like the scene to scene fully concede that it's not perfect so well we've we've been checked for traps we've been wanting to burst that zit for a long time and i'm glad that it's over oh yeah nice